0: Hello, my name is Haig Balian. You are listening to The Beijing Sessions. This week, I interview Nocturnes. I've been circling them for a while, so I'm happy we finally got a chance to talk. Their new album is coming out on the 20th, so the timing worked out really well. The summer holidays are just around the corner. Um, I have my HSK-2 exam coming up. That's a pretty low-level Chinese language exam that I probably should have taken last year. Uh, But at least now I can move forward to HSK3, I guess. I think that's what comes after HSK2. And my family and I are heading off to Guilin at the end of this month. We're going to do a couple of weeks of intensive Chinese classes there. So it looks like I'm going to take a hiatus from this podcast um, just for the month of July. But when I return, I may have some pretty exciting news about a new podcast that I'll be starting, uh, hopefully soon. So, so you'll want to stay tuned for that. So just before I get to the Nocturnes, um, you probably already know this, but I didn't. An MV, uh, which we talk about in the interview, it's it stands for music video. Okay, here is a song by Nocturnes. It's called Dongdui. Nocturnes are here. That's the electronic pop duo David Carey and Weidu, who also goes by Leslie. Their debut album, Lines Written in Code, came out a few years ago, and now they're back with a new full-length album. Poetic Irony will be released on June 20. David is here with me in Beijing, and Leslie is in Shanghai, and we're talking to her over WeChat audio. Welcome to both of you. Thank you so much for coming onto the Beijing sessions. Yeah, thank you for having us. Thank you. <laughs> so, so we just listened to a track called Dui, which I think means on board. The first time I heard this track was on the third Beijing Underground compilation. I, I thought it was such a strong. Uh, strong track. And when I spoke to Zhang Sun, I think, I think maybe I described it as as shoegazy, um, oh, okay. but maybe I think I'd been listening to too much Beach House um, okay. at the time. <laughs> the, so the song is in Chinese, and and I machine translated the lyrics on on Google. Um, I'm not sure if I should trust the translation. It translated one of the lyrics as don't soothe your already boiling stomach. Um, Leslie, I hope I'm not about to embarrass myself, but what is the actual lyric, and, and what is the song about?
1: um actually don't do not on board <laughs> i guess that's the machine translation it means um perfect match i guess in cantonese that's like the latest cantonese word i learned um isn't it,
2: it the only cantonese word you know as well?
1: yeah basically that's the only word <laughs> i know in cantonese it means the perfect match like two people are the perfect match for each other it's called don't do it. And uh, basically, the song is about like finding the perfect one for for yourself. And I kind of used used a metaphor in the in the song that two people are playing the what is it called the fencing the the MV we did yeah here. fencing yeah Yeah, yeah, yeah. two people are doing fencing that's the sports because like you make a move and the the other people make a move and you interact with each other like in a fun way that's that's what the image is in my head so we later on did an mv based on that concept so that's the the song is about like interaction with your with your perfect significant other (laughs) yeah
2: the the mv came out what, like, two or three weeks ago we released this song? Yeah. We're about to release the EP. The EP's coming out on the 20th. But um, mm-hmm. for the MV, we... Uh, yeah, Leslie had this really great idea. And then we found a fencing club in Beijing, which mm-hmm. I, was su- I was surprised about. I mean, I guess, like, there's fencing everywhere. But I just, it's just... It was it was just weird to go into, like... It was a car park with, like, a like a Walmart supermarket. And then you go just below it. And there's this, like, really cool fencing club. And we had this really great storyline of, of, like, the... Uh, I mean, they were both professional fencers, but in the MV, one is like the master and the other is his student and he keeps kind of falling down and failing and, and uh, there's like an imbalance between them. And then slowly over the course of the MV, as, as the other person kind of learns more about themselves, it, it kind of evens out a little bit.
0: So let's let's talk about the track, "Poetic Irony." Um, David, the first part of the song is the last stanza of uh, William Butler Yeats's poem "Leda and the Swan." Mm-hmm. Um, Yeats was an Irish poet, and, and the poem is about a I pretty. I mean, he still he still is Irish. He's just. Dead. <laughs> exactly. He hasn't okay. changed I'm not, nationality. I'm not. I'm not going to argue that point. Right. Um, and, and the poem is about a pretty dark uh, subject. Uh-huh. Um, was it your idea to integrate the Yeats poem into the song? I um, wish I could say it was, but it wasn't. That was mm. all. That was all we do, actually. Oh, uh, okay. Well, well, yeah. well yeah. Leslie, why that poem?
1: It's just a beautiful poem on its own, and um, I guess I, I've been reading a lot of um, mythology. Is that a word? at that time and um, yeah I got a lot of ideas like inspirations from that so because I was running through a ple- di- pretty difficult time like uh, a lot of struggles and frustrations so what I learned from all those poems is that like there's always something greater and bigger like above us not speaking religion on its own but um, I-, I feel like you know, uh, when we're, when I'm making choices, it's not always on me. It's always like a greater force pushing me um, forward. I don't know how to put it in better words. So um, I chose that song and it's had like a lot of big meanings. And uh, so I, I just really like that point. And uh, it, it feels nice to integrate one of the, like the poem reading at the beginning of our songs. I think it's it's really special so
3: yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like uh,
2: with 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 our with the way our working dynamic is um i'm i do the instrumentals and and um leslie does the vocals lyrics melodies and stuff like that and so we're uh you know with every release we want to do something new and uh for a long time i thought that was kind of a little bit more on me to make the instrumentals sound new but um even with just her voice and, and, and lyric writing leslie's always finding kind of new ways to change things up and make things a little bit different so um yeah, that was one thing I really liked about this EP. It feels, um, just the
0: the vocal parts as well, feel very different from what we've done before. You know, like like a lot of your songs, mm-hmm. uh, poetic irony is in English mm-hmm. and in Chinese. Mm-hmm. So when you're writing when you're writing lyrics, is there this you know is there a conscious decision on on what you want to say in English or what you want to say in in Chinese?
3: Mm,
1: um, I guess I just felt the way I. I can feel the words coming at me <laughs> like when I, if if it's uh let's say if it's don't do it, I can if I, I I listen to the instrumental for the first time I know it's going to be Chinese or otherwise like in English so um other uh, or, or like two different languages combined together so I just I don't know how to say I can, I can feel it coming <laughs> I can only really say that so um, it never like I intended to write in English or, or Chinese. It just fills as the instrument goes.
3: Yeah. mm mm-hmm.
0: I read through some of your old interviews, um, and, and, and it sounds like the first album you produced uh, back in 2017, 2018 had its challenges. Um, when you were doing press, David, you said that you know one of the reasons you took a long time on the album was that you wanted to make everything consistent, to give it a distinct sonic signature. Um, how did that experience play into producing this this new album? Was it as simple as adapting that sonic signature from from the first album, or was it more complicated than that?
2: interesting hearing myself in the past Wait, Leslie and I have talked about guilty pleasures before in music it's something mm-hmm. that doesn't occur as much in China but one of my favourite bands that will be considered a guilty pleasure back home is Coldplay and uh, the, one of the things I liked is that they, they made two or three albums that were all basically the exact same and they were starting to fade out of consciousness a little. I mean still mega famous but less so and then they started changing it up and since then every album they've had a very different sound but it's still identifiable them so we kind of wanted to do the same thing and um, I kind of feel like it's a natural process anyway like you know you there's when i was young i liked green day like everybody did in my you know in my teenage years there's something weird about like after 25 or 30 years they still make the exact same music every time you know with slight changes like american idiot i think was a great album but it's always the same kind of like power chord punk rock stuff I feel like you should just naturally be changing anyway. And so back then when we made our first album, I was really into like the XX and a lot of stuff like that. And then for this album, I was listening to a lot more stuff like... uh, There's an Australian musician called uh, Chet Faker, who's really good. Um, Sort of stuff that's still electronic, but like a little bit more funky in parts, or like more soulful. Um, And also for the first album, we were... It was also like a product of our environment. We were playing in school bar and temple a lot. And uh, temple is this bar in Beijing. For anyone that doesn't know, it's, it's gone now. But uh, it's not the sort of place we fit in. It's uh, a lot of foreigners who go there to get drunk as opposed to listen to music. And so if you want to capture their attention, you need to be really loud and like rocky and in their face. And so I don't think our album was that, but that was our attempt at making something that was like, easy to play live that was kind of loud and fast and stuff like that. Whereas with this EP, we didn't need to do that because we already had a lot of songs like that. So we were able to kind of do some like slower tracks or tracks with like a little bit more depth. So that kind of all informed the changes a little bit.
0: Mm-hmm. Wait, did you find this easier or harder to produce this new album?
2: In the, in the last few years, I, I had also, uh, I had started like a, a side project um, with another musician and it was like much more poppy. And so uh, I was kind of leaning towards that direction anyway. So it wasn't like easier or harder. I think it just kind of was like the natural way I was going with things. I kind of took elements from that and and added it in. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I feel like the next album that we're working on is a little bit harder because before a lot of the music, a lot of the inspiration I would get would be from going to see live shows and we'd see like a really great new band and stuff like that. Um, Like uh, for our first album, It was a lot of Beijing bands that I kind of just discovered. There's this really great post-rock band called Glow Curve that I I absolutely love. And uh, the first time I saw them live, I kind of came home and I wrote like three or four of the songs that would have ended up on the album like very quickly afterwards. Um, And the same with this EP. I was like seeing lots of really good music or hearing new bands for the first time and less so recently. I mean, it's it's getting back again. but Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. so no, it, it was it was quite quite a natural thing. Like we finished this EP a very long time ago, um, so it's, it was it was a it was a nice process.
0: Listen to a lot of Chinese music, um, but whenever I'm in a restaurant or getting my haircut or going to a movie, you know, wherever there's music in the background, uh, the playlist is usually heavy on the ballads, and sometimes it's a Chinese cover of a hit from the U.S. from the '70s or '80s. Um, but beyond mainstream hits, I, I know that there are some Chinese acts that, that are doing things that are more, like you know, this is going to sound condescending, and I don't mean it to be, but that, but that sound a bit more adventurous. Um, and and you've talked about them in the past. And you just mentioned Glow Curve. Uh, you've talked about Nova Heart, and you've talked about Future Orients. So um, just wondering, wh- where does Nocturne stand in the world of indie Chinese music? Um, I know you've had some huge numbers online for a couple of tracks, but like, is is that like? Do you is your music ever on the radio? Do you ever get fan mail? How how does that how does that work for you?
2: We have had a few weird experiences like that, haven't we? Where we've there was one time I was in, uh, I think it's like, is it called Viva Mall? The mall in Beijing in yeah. and I Shuangjin. Was, and I was in, I don't know if I ever told you this, Leslie. I'm sure I did. Because uh, it was a very surreal. Um, it was like a newly opened Australian brand of like ridiculous, I think it was called Freak Shake. They're like milkshakes, but like it's like, like it comes out of the glass and it's like a whole meal. And there was some like playlist on and our song came on, Love Kills came on. <laughs> uh, which is the, like the single off our first album. That was pretty cool. And we've had like Leslie's had people like send her like like illustrations they've done of us before and
1: and, and like, that not, book not, yeah. in, in the Shanghai like the the, the oh, book gift. That was a nice <laughs> yeah.
3: We
2: were we were playing in we were playing very recently in Yu Yuan Tang in Shanghai and this this girl came up to us after the show and uh, she said that uh, she read an article where I was talking about. Uh, a Pale View of Hills by Kazuo Ishiguro, was is, a book I read recently. is recommended by a friend. And uh, so she bought a collection of short stories by his called Nocturnes, which I hadn't read. And then she bought it in Chinese for Weidu and in English for me. And then mm-hmm. she like got, she had taken leaves. This was just a few weeks ago. So this was like s- spring, summertime. Um but in last autumn, she had like pressed some leaves some some Shanghai autumn leaves, and then she put them in the books <laughs> as like bookmarks for us yeah, and i just i didn't know what to say though was, it was it was very intimate, nice. <laughs> yeah, but lovely, just so lovely. Yeah. we have this what like this this one girl um Xioning, lemon, and uh she actually works for for nugget records now, which is a record label I do on um, and uh she started off as just this incredibly passionate person she lived in Tianjin but every time we'd play a show she would come like on the train from Tianjin to Beijing to see the show and it's good everyone's been su- but it's been super lovely I don't think like you know we're we're not famous at all yeah. so we're not at the level where we get like weird creepy stalkery fans yes. they're all like just very like uh, keen and excited and, and, and vibrant people so it's nice
0: that seems like a really nice place to be
2: yeah I think it is I don't know. Yeah, I mean, have you had have you had any weird stalkery fans, Leslie? I don't. I don't think, I <laughs> no. Don't think so.
3: <laughs>
0: no. <laughs> so far, so far. that's when we know we've made it. You oh know? no. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, a few years ago, you you were really optimistic about uh, Chinese bands breaking through in the West. Yeah. Um, are you still optimistic about that?
2: Probably not now. No. <laughs> uh, I'm talking a lot. What do you think, Leslie?
1: Yeah, I guess we. We, we talked about this with, with, uh, with Dave a lot, like the the Germany tour we did um, from, what is it? 2019. So we really like, yeah, bring our music outside and uh, it's such a good experience. And I wanted to do it again after the pandemic is over. So it always feels nice and it feels kind of strange but nice like to singing, especially Chinese songs in front of like totally foreign audience. And it's, it's really memorable and unforgettable. And we definitely want to do it again.
2: Yeah, yeah. People are receptive to it. <laughs> in know. terms of like bands with like major success, maybe like the, the political climate isn't right at the moment. You know? mm-hmm. I think also like, like a part of it is that uh, the... How do I say it in the right way? I don't think like the I don't think the people in charge of making cultural decisions here really kind of understand the indie scene that's going on or maybe they think it's like a little bit too influenced by like by outside like by American music that it doesn't have its own distinct Chinese identity which I think it does so so one thing is like maybe you know because of propaganda in other countries like say in America they're not willing to listen to Chinese bands as much and then another thing mm. is maybe people here aren't Don't think it's unique enough to push outside of the country just yet. But it it just takes one band. I mean, like South Korean music, for example. Let's talk, like you know, if we talk about K-pop, it wasn't really Mm -hmm. a big thing until like Gangnam Style came out as like a parody, and Mm -hmm. then from that, people realized that like you know Koreans had really good music, and then like BTS is like the biggest Mm -hmm. band in inverted commas in like the world, you know. So once that happens here, and it has a little bit. I mean, like they're. There are people like like Chris Wu doing like ch- crappy Chinese rap music <laughs> that like have had some success outside of China. So, um, yeah, it'll it just takes one person, doesn't it?
0: Leslie. Yeah. David David said that when he was looking for a musical partner, he had a ton of replies on this advertisement that he put on doband.com, but mm-hmm. that your voice stood out because uh, you didn't have that high mando pop voice is, is what he,
3: he mm-hmm. said.
0: I so, did say that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he admits it. I mean, you heard it. OK. Uh, what What is what is a mando pop voice?
1: Yeah, I guess pretty pretty much, yeah, a lot of mainstream especially female artists, these sounds like kind of the same. They wanted to be, they wanted to play cute, otherwise, or they wanted to play, how to say, like, it's just very signature, means when you hear it, you know it. And I guess it's just my vocal, like, um, the difference. I, I don't have a very high voice, so that's like the higher range is always a bit difficult for me. So my voice is a bit low and mid range. So I guess that kind of stands out, and it fits in perfectly in Nocturne's music. So that's nice. I think so. <laughs> yeah.
0: Did you did you ever want to sing that way, like with uh, as a, with a mando pop voice?
1: I guess it just comes out naturally. I don't like really a- adjust my voice to a certain direction. It's just my natural voice. I guess when I speak, it it sounds like this. So it's it's my natural voice. Uh huh.
0: When you guys first met, David, you you said your Chinese wasn't that great. Um, when you advertised on doban.com. dot oh, um, com, has it has it gotten better? Uh, I'll In- let Leslie answer that. Leslie, has it gotten better? Incredibly, it's okay, now
1: incredibly good, <laughs> better than <Thank> mine. You. <laughs>
2: no, <laughs> shut up wow no it's it, it has got I mean I've been here a long time now, six years right uh, but for the for the first two or three years, I don't think I was really trying enough and and and, and then I, I i met a lot of people who had been here a very long time and didn't speak their language at all, and I kind of didn't want to be exactly like that and then also we 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 ended up i think that the thing is like doing music, especially in a indie band there's like two scenes in Beijing. There's a, like a foreign band scene and it's very small and insular and they, they don't really go anywhere. And then there's, it. I'm not trying to be dismissive of them. It's just, there's a, there's a small pool of foreigners that listen to them. Um, and then there's, there's, you know, the, the rest of the indie music scene. Uh, if you're part of that and if you get signed to a label, you're lucky enough to do that. You, you end up going to a lot of smaller cities, especially us because we're not, we're not very successful. So we're not, we're playing festivals in smaller places, places mostly. And, uh, so we're, you're in a lot of situations where, like, there are no other foreigners around, uh, or you're doing an interview, and the interview's in Chinese, and I don't want to be asking for someone to translate, or I don't always want what I'm saying to be translated, because maybe the, Leslie's English is perfect, but in the, the, the medium of translation, you're going to lose, like, what you want to say sometimes. It might not be exactly the same, so. Um, and then I opened, a, 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 a like, a bar, cafe, live house, like, a year ago, and... So I get to speak Chinese like every day now, whereas before I didn't as much or before like I was I was an English teacher in a kindergarten. So the Chinese I would hear would be very simple and repetitive. So there's no way to improve. But now every day I can kind of like have conversations with people like introducing our label or or plugging my band, which I do very often <laughs> in the cafe. So uh, so that's yeah, it gives me an opportunity to improve.
3: Yeah.
0: From the outside, um, you both very much seem like you're on the same page artistically and musically but you're also both artists um and you come from different places and you have you know i would assume have different ideas um are there any areas musically that you haven't been able to reconcile
2: do you want to answer
1: um I? <laughs> I guess we have we have um not arguments we have discussions like different different ways of understanding music especially when we're coming out new songs um but I guess musically 99% of the time I will agree with Dave. And for the lyrics. That's good. <laughs> and for the lyrics Dave doesn't really want to change anything for me. So I guess yeah, we're always on the same page. But um yeah, other your lyrics that, are very
2: good. Oh, thank
1: your you. Your lyrics are very good. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and 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 even like back when I I I wasn't good enough at Chinese to appreciate them. It was it was sort of something that we would hear from other people a lot. Um we, yeah. we worked with, like, another label before this label, and uh, they weren't always the most supportive, but they would always say how great uh, Leslie lyrics are. But, I, you know, we, we have argued about things a lot in, mm-hmm. in the past. Like, I think that's quite natural as being part of a band, but it's been less about music and more about, like, uh, what direction to take or how to push ourselves, etc., mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But I think once you've been in a... Because there's only two of us, yeah. we, we just added a drummer... Uh, we're excited about that but it you know it's been two of us for like six years i've known leslie longer than anybody else uh in china and uh so it's uh you reach a stage where it's you know you're like it's it's like being in a band's like being in a relationship or or like having a family yeah. member uh i guess is all you could say so you can't you have to always figure out a way past it you know it's mm. like if you if you have friends and like just a normal friend and you have a, a an argument or a difference of opinion, you can just not talk to them or stop being friends with them. But with a band, especially when you've invested this much time and you're really passionate about the music, you need to always find a way forward, which is healthy, I think.
0: hmm yeah. That sounds that 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 sound very healthy. Now you you did say that, you know, when you do have uh when you have had sort of a difference of opinion it's been in the direction of the band. So so what has that debate been and and what what did you um what was the result of that?
2: I mean maybe not that like we both want to uh make the band a, a success. And by success I mean I don't really care about money that much, but Beijing's expensive. So like being able to pay Beijing, my rent and buy food would Beijing's be Beijing is expensive, I can you know. concur. Yeah. Like I don't I I don't like I've never I don't care about being like rockstar level rich, but I'd like to be able to support myself from my art, because then we can do it more. Um, but it's more just like like what choices we'll make to to achieve that, you know? Um, or uh, I'll give you an external example, not one of the two of us, because I can't think about it right now. Are the the previous label that we worked with? They were really into the idea of uh, us making a collection of like WeChat stickers of us doing like silly faces yeah. and the idea would be that like say like i'm doing a shocked and surprised face and then like you're talking to your friend and you want to like you know uh, uh, emote that that feeling you'll use my face to do so and that will spread the band's image around and
0: okay i've just got a great idea for the beijing sessions promotion thank you for yeah that. yeah yeah. Great. just yeah. make images of your face
2: <laughs> but uh i mean for some people that might work out if you're a more pop mm. band or even just the right sort of people but we're both quite shy and reserved and awkward uh incredibly awkward people so it looked really terribly bad and and so that was a you know that wasn't either of us that was like, like someone from the the company but the, it was it was like the wrong direction to take but we've uh I feel like we figured out things a lot in between the two of us and, and, and we've got a pretty good idea of what we want to do and how to do it now, you know.
0: So so Leslie and, and David Carey, uh, Nocturnes, thanks for coming and I really enjoyed speaking to you.
2: Yeah, same here. Thank, Thank, you. Thank you so much for having us. <laughs> Thank thanks. you.
0: Bye.
1: Bye-bye.
3: Secretly me astray.
0: Cooking for certain... That was Nocturnes. They're about to go on tour in China. The best place to find dates and ticket information is from their Weibo account, uh, but they also have a Facebook page. I'll put a link to both on the show notes. Uh, next week, I talk to the editors of a new book called Asian Revitalization. Check that out next Thursday. I will talk to you then I will tell
3: you all that I can.